to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, now that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the f everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, with no rules, real fighting well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCarthy that pulled me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. What is up, Penn Nation? Welcome back to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. And as we do each and every week, we've got another great show lined up for you guys this evening. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. We are live each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And like I said, folks, just like we do every week, we try to bring you guys the best possible show. Today is no different. As I said, we are the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. We're trying to give these athletes a platform to speak their hearts and minds, get whatever they want to off their chest. No voice too little. No controversial topics that aren't worth touching. Nothing too cliche. We're unfiltered. We're unbiased. And we're trying to bring you the best possible interviews with the best possible guests and let them, uh, let them speak their minds freely. The fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. Check that hashtag out. Maybe one day we'll be trending. Hopefully. As I said, tonight's lineup, another great one. A lot of news to get into as well. But before we do any of that, each and every week I try to remind you guys, and this week is no different, your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. You guys should bookmark that, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date. Get notifications so when breaking news comes out, you're the first to hear about it. We all love this sport. Myself very much, all of our team, all of you guys listening, 
Anybody that goes to BJPenn.com, you guys all love the sport of MMA. So why not get all the breaking news before everybody else does? Set, set up notifications at BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news as a bookmark. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. All the hot topics, all the breaking news, the viral videos, exclusive content and interviews, all in one place. Everything that you crave, all in one place. And as I said, the past few weeks, we have some kick-ass technique videos coming out from uh, Evolve MMA and also Henner and here on Gracie at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Very cool stuff. Some awesome technique videos from some of the best athletes in the business. Make sure you guys check those out as well. BJPenn.com, guys, we are the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Keep it up. Stay tuned. If it's newsworthy, we've got you covered for everything you guys crave and this wonderful sport of mixed martial arts. Now, as I mentioned, got a couple of great guests. Two guys very familiar with the show, very good friends of the show, been on quite a bit. Tonight we're joined by Mike Perry, Platinum Mike Perry, and Colby Covington. Now, I'd like to preface this by saying these guys have gone back and forth a bit on Twitter in uh, the past couple days. Uh, I recorded with Mike Perry on Monday and Colby today. And I want to say this beef kind of came out in between that time. So, in fairness, Mike Perry has not had a chance to kind of reply to some of this stuff on our show. I did reach out to him today with some of the news that broke. We'll get into that in a moment. But, in fairness, Colby kind of goes off on Mike. Mike didn't really get a chance to respond, so... Just keeping it real here at BJPenn.com radio. But kicking things off tonight, if 815, Platinum Mike Perry. UFC Pittsburgh, just days away, supposed to take on Tiago Alves in what could be the most exciting fight of his UFC career. News breaks today, Tiago Alves having to withdraw from the fight, quickly replaced by Alex Race, who, I, if not, I'm not mistaken, was a king of the cage champion. So while things were looking pretty grim for Platinum Mike Perry there, being pulled off of a card just days away, got a last-minute replacement. He still will be fighting. Uh, very good news for him. So that being said, Monday's interview, we didn't get a chance to discuss any of this as it hadn't happened yet. So the interview you will hear will be as if he was still fighting Tiago Alves. But we talk about a lot of other stuff that isn't in relation to Tiago Alves that you guys will all find enjoyable. And uh, great conversation with him, as always. He's a great guy. Funny guy as well. Um, potential matchups going forward. Who the number one contender is, rightful number one contender is, and so forth. Uh, talk a bit about Hurricane Irma as well. We actually discussed that with both of uh, tonight's guests as they both train in Florida uh, Platinum Mike Perry actually just bought a house in Florida, so um, good news for him. Not not any damage from the time we spoke on Monday, uh, so very good news for him. And Kobe was able to get out before any of it uh, any of it really hit the mainland. Um, you know, I, I was going to save this for before news, but I guess we should get it out now that I've talked about it. Uh, our hearts and prayers from BJPen.com, all of the team goes out to everybody in Florida and all of the Caribbean islands that were hit by Hurricane Irma. 
uh, some very terrible devastation, particularly in the Caribbean islands. And, uh, man, all the love and support <clears throat> prayers are with you guys. It's terrible stuff. And, uh, I hope that everybody, uh, is able to get back to operating conditions, you know, get your stuff, uh, your home, everything put back together in a timely fashion. And I hope that nobody's starving down there without water. Or if you're without power, I hope it gets re- restored quickly. Um, our hearts and prayers are with all of you uh, that suffered any uh, of the devastation from Hurricane Irma. Um, but again, just wanted to touch on that since I've already mentioned Florida. Our second guest, I'm all over the place tonight. Our second guest at 840, Colby Chaos Covington. As you guys all know, very outspoken gentleman, has been doing a hell of a job marketing himself. We'll be discussing the upcoming fight with Damian Maya. Of course, fighting in Brazil. I mean, this is something we didn't talk about last time we had him on. I don't think the hostility of the Brazilian fans, you know, uh, sounds like he's got a pretty brilliant plan to get out of Dodge quickly. So you'll hear that. Uh, of course, we discuss technique for technique with Damian Maya, uh, his good buddy, Kobe's good buddy, Jorge Masvidal. But the juicy stuff, of course, has to do with Tyron Woodley, Rafael Dos Anjos. And we mentioned Mike Perry to him. He went off on Mike Perry. So, again, in Mike Perry's defense, he was unaware of this, has not had a chance to defend himself. I would love to give him the opportunity to do so, hopefully after a big win uh, that he gets on Saturday. But as I wrote in the description here, Kobe continues the tirade on 170. Nobody's safe. Nobody ever will be safe until he gets that title. Um, So, yeah, two great guests, uh, 270-pounders, welterweights in the UFC, Uh, the surging contenders, the biggest names of that division, a couple of the biggest names in that division, rather, up and coming. Platinum Mike Perry, Colby Covington, they're our guests for this evening. Guests. So as I said, ton of ton of news to get into. Uh, we'll try to breeze through this for sake of time. Been a busy week, that's for sure. First off, UFC 215. Last minute withdrawal of Ray Borg uh, that caused the whole card to be tipped on side its head. Fight with DJ was canceled. Uh, Borg defended himself online. You know, said he wanted to fight, but the doctors would not allow him to do so. Very unfortunate stuff. We weren't sure how this was all going to unfold, but it was announced today that the fight has been rescheduled for UFC 216. I'm not sure if we've gotten any confirmation on that, but that's the rumor or that's the news now. Uh, hopefully that does get solidified and these guys can go in there and and, and compete as they were intended to this past Saturday uh, coming up at UFC 216. Um, that cancellation led to Amanda Nunes and Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko taking the main event slot, something that Dana White had said would never happen again. Very interesting how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Controversy ensued, of course, as it seems that the UFC cannot get through an event without some controversy of some kind. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko protested the decision, uh, even her, her post-fight interview, all of it. Um, not happy with how the judges scored that, and many in the MMA community agreed with her. Uh, all I'll say, though, from my perspective, is 
this sport, if this sport's really going to continue to grow, guys, we really need to figure this shit out. Get the judging and the scoring criteria set in stone in a very easily explainable manner that everybody understands, both athletes and fans, so that we don't keep running into this crap. And maybe hold judges accountable for what could be a suspect decision. I don't know what needs to, I don't know how it gets done. I'm not that guy to figure that out, but I'll tell you something. The more and more this happens, the more and more it takes credibility away from the sport. And I hate to see that happen. Um, so I don't see why there won't be a rematch in the, in, in the future. Uh, Valentina is, is that great of a competitor and that great of an athlete, in my opinion, to work her way back up. And uh, yeah, I won't take a side, but I will say we need to figure out judging for sure. So needless to say, Amanda Nunes retains the title. Co-main event, Rafael Dos Anjos, and what I, if I'm not mistaken, is his second fight at welterweight. He was able to submit Neil Magny in the first in the first round. Uh, very impressive stuff. <clears throat> you will hear otherwise from both of our guests tonight. Um, but for a guy to move up, take on a, a guy who is widely considered a, a top contender, if you will, at 170 pounds in Neil Magny. Good look for Rafael Dos Anjos for sure. RDA went on to uh, continue campaigning for a fight with Tyron Woodley, as it seems everybody in the division, which, I mean, rightfully so. Whatever division you're in, you should be campaigning for a shot at the title, right? Only makes sense to me. Uh, but, of course, he continues to do so. You will hear differently from both of our guests tonight on whether he should be doing that or not and whether he is worthy or not to be facing Tyron Woodley. Uh, both of our guests have a much different opinion on that. But uh, also on the card, Henry Cejudo scores a big win, gets a finish over Wilson Hayes. Uh, definitely an important win for him. Able to get a big finish like that. Definitely a good thing for his career moving forward and campaigning, uh, not to say campaigning, but uh, marching back toward another title shot. Uh, against Demetrius Johnson. Uh, but the viral news following this this card, UFC 215 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, was the incredibly brutal leg kicks of Jeremy Stevens against Gilbert Melendez. Uh, impressive win for uh, for Jeremy Stevens, rather, over a really tough guy in Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert is a soldier, man. No other way to put it. Uh, the pictures of his leg, honestly, they rivaled the pictures of Uriah Faber's leg after the Aldo fight. I'm surprised he can even walk out of that arena at all. What a tough guy, man. Brutal, brutal, brutal stuff. So that's just a quick recap of UFC 215. We have uh, UFC fight night 116 going down this weekend. Luke Rockhold will be taking on uh, uh, David Branch in Pittsburgh. Of course, Platinum Mike Perry on that card. Several other good fights that I could go over, but uh, we will not for sake of time yet again. The big news that we've been following over the weeks has continued to unfold. <clears throat> again, stay up to date on all of this and much, much, much more at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Of course, I'm talking about the drama with John Jones failed drug test. Now the blood test sample had come back negative, but apparently the drug isn't uh, traced in blood or, or the test the way to test it is only for urine. Basically, the blood test wouldn't have mattered. It's only traceable in urine, something along those lines. Um, or maybe not only traceable, but that's just how they test for it. 
So the B sample of the urine test came back positive as well. Uh, John Jones is in another long, 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 long battle, uphill battle to salvage his legacy and career. Uh, what little of each he's going to have left at this point. I mean, his, his credibility goes down the tubes uh, with more news like this, in my opinion. Um, such a shame. And, and you know, the outcome uh, for DC is very tough as well in and of itself. I mean, where does he go from here? What does this all mean for his legacy? Uh, couldn't beat John Jones, but for all we know, John Jones was on steroids this whole time. That's a, that's a, for lack of a better word, that's a mind fuck for, for DC. Uh, so I can only imagine what he's going through. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and as I said, John is going to have not only a lot of explaining to do, but quite the uphill battle to uh, clear his name. If he can even do so this time around, um, man, unfortunate stuff and puts his whole legacy into question for me personally. And I know for a lot of you as well. Speaking of USADA, Jesse Taylor flagged by USADA. More details on that coming soon. Our own, our own uh, Justin Go Likely had said, Go Lightly had has, had said that uh, he had hoped that it was for the reefer. I agree with him. I hope it was cannabis related and not uh, any type of antibiotic anabolic steroid or PED. I much prefer that good old Jesse was just smoking the bad grass. So, uh, hopefully, not terrible news for Jesse, but was flagged by USADA. And of course, as I talked about, Tiago Alves withdraws from the fight with Mike Perry, quickly replaced by uh, what I believe is the king of the cage champ. And like I said, our interview with, with Perry was before all of this unfolded. Um, and as I mentioned, Colby and Mike have traded shots. In fairness, Mike has not heard what Colby had to say. Uh, in this interview tonight, we'd like to give him an opportunity to respond as well. In all fairness, there you have it, guys. All that and much, much more. There's tons of stuff I'm not even covering here at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We are the fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans. Everything you crave from the sport that you love, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We have got you covered. Go there now, bookmark us, follow us on social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google. Stay up to date, get notifications, bjpen.com. As I do each and every week, I have rambled enough. I'm sure you're all sick of hearing me talk. Why not hear me talk some more, but to some more interesting people? Like Mike Perry and Kobe Covington. Kicking things off, Platinum Mike Perry. Fighting this weekend, UFC Fight Night 116 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The always entertaining Platinum Mike Perry. This is BJPenn.com Radio. I'm your host, Kinch. Coming up next, Platinum Mike Perry. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of MMA's most highly sought-after personalities, one of the gentlemen in the co-main event at UFC Fight Night 116 going down this Saturday in Pittsburgh. Of course, I'm talking about the man they call Platinum, Mike Perry. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, Penn Nation, got the leader of Platinum Nation. What's good? <laughs> Always a pleasure, my friend. Listen, before we jump into things, were you in Florida for this hurricane that just went through? No, I wasn't, man. UFC called me up and they asked if I uh, could arrange uh, travel sooner than originally planned. And I got out of there. We drove to North Carolina and then flew out of North Carolina uh, 
but Tiago stayed behind for the hurricane, uh, I guess, to be with his family and stuff. But we got out, and my family in Central Florida, their stuff's pretty good. Uh, a couple of trees blown down and debris all in the roads and stuff. Not much flooding or anything like that, but uh, Southern Florida really got hit with some bad flooding. Yeah, Crazy. you know, yeah, I, I actually have some family in, I'd say, mid-Florida. Mid I mean, they didn't get too, too much. There was some power outages. I believe they, they're still Yeah, a lot power. of power outages, yeah. yeah. But, you know, luckily, it didn't seem like it was as bad as it could have been, but... It's still tough, man. Power outages in Florida means no AC, and they're in the house sweating their ass off, so... Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's my older cousin, and that's what she was saying. She's like, man, I, I cannot deal with this humidity, so... Oh. Uh, but again... Better than having the house blow down, right? That's very true. And I just bought a house, so I was kind of worried about that. Man, so in Central Florida, you just bought a house? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. It's still a great place to live. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure, man. Um, so, I mean, did you have to take all the precautions of, you know, boarding up windows and stuff like that? We, or did you just we hope didn't. for the best? We d I said something about it, but then, like people my friends were like and a couple of people were like man we're in central florida you're gonna be all right and a lot of people in central florida did board up their windows but um nothing happened we had some people staying at our place that lived from um in south florida and they were like yo we have nowhere to go we don't know what to do and we we're like don't worry about it go go stay at our place right and so we let them in and they were kind of watching the house for us well glad to hear that there was no damage and uh pretty cool Thanks. that the ufc got you out of there quick yeah Definitely, man. That was pretty cool. So, how was training camp? How's the weight cut going? Oh man, I'm feeling good, man. I just uh, I just made a little video for Fox about me eating some ice cream and stuff on my weight cut today. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm doing so good, I'm getting real good at this weight loss thing. Yeah, you know, last time we spoke, you were talking about how uh, I think it was what for the Ellenberger camp that that things really started to click for you in regards to cutting the weight. Yeah, and it's even better than that time this time. Wow, so enjoying some ice cream. What flavor? Uh, it was, uh, man, it was, um, I forget what it was called exactly, but it was like cookie dough and brownie and chocolate and vanilla. It was delicious. <laughs> Sounds really good, man. Uh, so you've already got to Philly. That's obvious. Uh, what was the original plan? Were you just going to get there maybe early this week, assuming that the hurricane didn't hit you guys? Yeah, I planned on showing up today, actually, flying in um, this Monday, but we we got in on Friday. We've been here since Friday. Okay. Now, uh, last time we spoke, yeah, you talked about having a lot of respect for Tiago, um, and rightfully so. You, uh, you talked about how uh, he was an opponent that you always, maybe not looked up to, but always watched, enjoyed his fights, and you were very excited. I did look up to him. I do, and did, and and you know look up to fighting him so yeah you know that's just the the dream of a fighter when you are a fighter you look up to fighters that you want to fight very simple true. as that now all of that considered i mean all of that respect does that go out of the window for fight week as you're preparing to finally go in there and throw down yeah i plan on murdering this man <laughs> now have you guys run into each other at all since you've been in philly um, no, I, I don't know if he's here yet. He didn't leave early. Uh, and I'm pretty sure airports were shut down. So he might come in a little later than he wanted to come in. Um, but I met him one time in person and at the Las Vegas retreat. 
and uh, he was cool, man. He was respectful, and so was I. You know, I went up to him and said, hey, what's up? And uh, that was pretty much it. I just kind of sized him up. He's a little shorter, a little thicker. Looks a lot slower. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, last time we spoke, um, right when this fight got announced, you know, we discussed what kind of fight this might be, but I'm wondering now that you're done with camp, it's fight week, are you expecting a crowd-pleasing war with this one or, or a sweet finish for yourself? Man, I uh, I actually said something about it today on Instagram. Uh, if I don't finish him in, in the first 10 seconds, then it should be a banger, man. It should be a, a drag-out uh, war, um, but it should be a one-sided war. I just... I. I see myself so much faster and, and so sharp on my on my technique, man. Just I've just been feeling so in tune with myself lately, and uh, I should just pick him apart until he can't take anymore. Wow! So ten seconds, man. It sounds like you're just gonna bull rush him right from the opening bell. I mean, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna try to hit him as hard as I can right away, and then if he survives that or he gets away from me and starts to move, or he comes in and he clashes for a fight, he should go to sleep if he if he tries to oblige. The, but he's a little smarter. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, a UFC vet uh, told a friend of mine, you know, he's old, he's going to wrestle, he's a smart guy. And I think he, I've been thought that. I thought that uh, he thinks he's going to take me down and wrestle me and maybe ground and pound me on top. But if he does that, I mean, that's a safe fight for me. You can't hit me hard enough on the ground. You just can't get the same leverage. And he doesn't have the punching power even on his feet. He's got kicks. His kicks are dangerous in his knees. But uh, his punching power, I think, is lacking. And, I mean, I'll just sit there with my hands down and watch those kicks. And if he hits me in my face with his hands, I'll laugh in his face. So, I mean, it sounds like you intend to earn his respect early, if not knock him out early. And from Thanks there, for the ride, brother. And, and from Sorry, there, I was getting out of my Uber. Oh, no, no problem. Ah, got to ride Uber up there, huh? Smart man. Yeah, got to ride Uber. <laughs> so, listen, so in regards to coming out early, throwing down early, sounds like you're looking to earn his respect. And if not, clearly, uh, clearly take the fight in stride how it goes but look for that knockout from the opening bell to the finish definitely i mean that's what i do that's my fighting style i don't really fight to win rounds i i just fight to win the fight and land that land that big shot but um i don't know about earning his respect but i'm definitely going to take it i'm going to take that respect and you know he ain't got to like me after i'm sure you know if he listens to any of these interviews um, you know, I'm talking cash shit, but I, I, it's the truth. It's how I am. It's how I feel. It's what I know, that I hit people hard and I put them to sleep. It's just a fact. It's You know, it's almost guaranteed. So what can I say? Right. If, he, if he respects me or not, if he likes me or not, if he, you know, if he roots for me in the future or not, uh, this Saturday he might not survive. Well, hey, man, you've always kept it real. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so uh, I try. So you know, you talked about the kicks there, and that's one thing he's always been known for, in particular leg kicks. When you watched what went down with Gilbert Melendez over the weekend, I mean, have you focused a lot on maybe checking or just not being there when he's throwing those kicks? You know, I, I was talking with my girl about that because there's a there's a few things that I've been working on, uh, southpaw even. Like I set guys up for a big shot, 
uh, as as a southpaw, I've been I've been playing tricks on people in training camp and been really uh, like I said, man, coming in tune with myself and and I'm comfortable everywhere. Um, I even tweeted about that. I was like, man, if I hurt your leg like that, you just falling down every time I leg kick you, there's no way you're making it to a decision with me. And I know about Tiago's kicks. Like, I've been watching him since the, from, from the beginning. And you know what nobody does to him? They don't check the kick. Right. Why do you think well, that's one of the first things you learn in basic Muay Thai is leg checks or, or kick checks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you got, I got great Muay Thai, so I'm going to check that kick. And I'm gonna hit him right back, boom, boom, and that you know, we'll see how many of those he can take. Well, we'll see how many when he starts when he stops kicking me. He might not ever stop kicking me, but uh, we're our, both our legs are gonna be busted up after the fight. I'm sure, unless it doesn't go very long, because it doesn't really matter, man. This this stuff, the adrenaline alone will cause pain in your in your limbs. Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing that you hear from uh, high-level kickboxers, Muay Thai guys. They say it all the time that, that MMA strikers do not check the kicks enough. And you see it in, let's say, glory. I mean, a guy checks a kick, he immediately changes to the level in which he's throwing kicks, at least for a minute. Gives them a t- uh, second to think and, and readjust. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's a shame that, that not enough guys are even checking a kick. So. Well, a lot of MMA guys... Uh focus on wrestling or wall work you know what i mean so the i mean just even the jab or even a basic fighting stance alone a lot of mma guys are lacking a good stance they're squared up they're standing right there if if their opponent knew how to work the body half of these guys man would just would crumble more often but they get away with their wrestling, you know. Some of these guys are the best in the world. When they grab you, you can't get away from them. So you got to yeah. watch out for things like that, too. This this game is really all over the place, and you never know where it's going to go. But I know I always got that one shot, one kill, baby. Yeah, yeah, a, a, another interesting point there, man. Um, I, I agree with you 100%. Everybody thinks that it's all based on wrestling, and clearly wrestling is the – bread and butter to to the to a good base for a mixed martial artist uh but yeah man i i couldn't agree more body shots are very underutilized in this sport um so listen not to look ahead here too much but i know you're a guy who's always thinking about the future uh we talked before you wanted a ranked opponent moving forward higher ranked opponent Uh, absolutely top five absolutely so has anybody emerged as a favorite choice for you as your next victim after tiago alves i'll drop some names we say Robbie Lawler, Donald Cerrone. We could say uh, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. We could say Masvidal. We could say the winner of Triple G and Canelo. Man, whatever, man. <laughs> it, don't e- it don't even matter, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about that last time. You're very excited for that fight, as am I. It's going to be one hell, of a, one hell of a throwdown in the boxing ring. Definitely the Absolutely. biggest fight of the year. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned Rafael Dos Anjos there. What did you think of his first-round submission over Neil Magny? I thought he fought a stick figure. I thought that I, I was like, man, you know, kind of like, man, I hope I hope Magny does good because I want to fight Magny, but I don't need to fight him now, man. He just I, – plus I have the perfect training partner uh, to fight Magny because my boy Philip Rowe is – like spitting image, they look exactly the same. They're both the same height. They both got really good jujitsu, so I would have been prepared for that. 
But um, it don't matter, man. I don't care how well he performed. He didn't fight me. Yeah. And you won't perform that well when you fight me. It's that simple. Absolutely. Now, just just to touch on the card real quick, what did you think of the decision in the main event? There was a lot of controversy over that. Did you get to watch it, and who do you think won? I watched four rounds of the main event, and then I had to go, man. It was late. We had to go back to the hotel. I had to get some sleep. But uh, I thought Amanda won because I didn't watch the fifth round. I don't know what happened, but I, I really didn't see any significant strikes from either side, them girls didn't go for it. Yeah. And Shevanko was just standing there the whole time. And then Amanda was trying to play the point game too much of hit, don't get hit, when she wasn't good enough for that. She should have just went and brawled it out, and she probably would have hit her with some big shots and and ended it. But, you know, the champ is the champ. You have to beat the champ decisively. That's another thing, too, that you have to take into factor. The champ doesn't have to to come to you you gotta go to the champ you you get the opportunity to fight the champ you gotta go in there and go get him and it's as simple as that so the the champ in my book definitely won and uh maybe they'll fight again yeah Yeah. it wasn't her best performance i think she can do better but she's still the champ and and who am i to talk you know what i mean right at the end of the day that's what matters but i agree with you very uncharacteristic uh performance i guess on both of their parts but uh, just so strange in the end, one of those things that we repeatedly see in mixed martial arts, protesting the uh, not only a, a decision or a stoppage, but, man, be nice to get this all figured out one day. Um, but listen, you've been more than generous with your time, as always. Just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, for sure. We talked about Robbie Lawler there as a potential matchup for you going forward. Who do you think the next contender should be for Woodley? I mean, uh, should Robbie have a Well, have Woodley's fight? out for a while, so I'm going to interrupt you and say me because I'm going to do work. And then when Woodley's ready to come back, uh, I'm going to be right there. Who knows? But by the time he comes back, I could be fighting for a title shot, and then he'll have to uh, he'll have to fight me to link those belts as one again. Yeah, I mean, two more wins. There's no reason that you shouldn't be in that in that contender spot. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, with, with the time off that that Woodley would be taking, maybe uh, maybe a fight with uh, Robbie Lawler makes a lot of sense moving forward for you. Uh, I mean, another reason that fight with Robbie Lawler makes sense is because once I beat Tiago, I don't know what that puts me at in the rankings, but uh, they just gave number sixteen number one, two, or three, and Damian Maya. So I should definitely get a top five. Yeah, right. Uh, you mean Kobe Covington? Yeah. Yeah, I think he I, sick, I think he was like number, I want to say he's number eight. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I could understand your argument there. Rankings don't seem to mean much in the first place. So make the fights that the fans want to see and make the fights that are good for up-and-comers like yourself and uh, proven up and, up-and-comers like yourself. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, man. So getting back to Saturday, co-main event, another chance for you to steal the show in front of all those Fox Sports Live viewers. For anyone who might not be wise enough to want to tune in for this, why is this fight a, a not-miss event in MMA, in the UFC, Platinum Mike Perry versus Thiago Alves? Because, man, this fight is as big as the Triple G Canelo fight, but in a different sport. It's that big. It's just not, you know, I've seen some people online calling it, the people's main event because 
I come to entertain. And, uh, you know, everybody knows that's watching me. The fights, I'm just going to move forward. I'm going to hit or get hit. And it's that simple. That's what people want to see. And that's my fighting style. Yeah, I've talked about it endless times on this show. You are certainly a fan favorite and for the right reasons. And if the type of Tiago Alves that uh, some of us are accustomed to shows up, this definitely has all of the makings to steal the show without question and potentially have a great finish for yourself to step up those rankings. Uh, but to touch on when when you like to come back, uh, last time we spoke, I believe you had said you wanted to fight at least once more before the end of the year. Definitely. I I don't know what took so long to get this fight. <laughs> that seems to be a problem in the top ten at welterweight. Guys have a guys have a hard time getting fights these days. Yeah, you know what? The higher you get, the more of a demand you become. I think. Yeah. The longer you gotta take off because I don't know. It's like uh, you become a commodity, and then they make people really want to wait to see you, and then it's like I don't know. Well, the what they're to stay along they got the, a lot of fighters to give fights to, too. Yeah, well, to stay along with precious metals and, and platinum, you know, it's sort of like the diamond industry. They never put out what they actually have into the market to keep the value up. So makes sense to me. People got to ask for it. Right, absolutely. So listen, man, I guess in conclusion, what's the official prediction for the fight? What can all the Platinum Mike Perry fans expect on Saturday in Pittsburgh? And, uh, man, w- w- what can we all expect to see on fight night? A devastating KO, a great performance on my part, and uh, just entertaining fun, man. It's a good time. I'm having fun with this. This is dreams come true, you know? Absolutely. And uh, you've always been fun to speak to. Your fights are even more so, and uh, we greatly greatly appreciate the time. Definitely looking forward to the match on Saturday. Uh, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go, man? Man, shout out to everybody back home in Florida, man. Uh, God bless y'all. I hope y'all rebuilding well and and just enjoying the time with family. That's what it's that's what it's mostly about, I guess. You know, you gotta come come together and uh, find God in times like this. So, uh, shout out to God, man, and uh, and BJPen.com. So, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you. Hey, always a pleasure, my man. Kick some ass on Saturday, and we'll catch up after a big win. For sure. Peace. All right, bud. Peace. Well, there you have it, Penn Nation. Another confident welterweight on the show tonight. One of two. You'll hear from another in just a moment. But Mike Perry, man. Again, can't say enough about the guy. Goes in there, puts on exciting fights. Looks for a KO or to go out on his shield. What more can you ask from a fighter? Definitely an up-and-comer. I mean, he was, uh, before the um, the loss to Alan Joban, it looked like he was really surging there on the cusp of becoming a real breakout star. Still definitely a big possibility for him. I have no doubt that he'll accomplish that. Just going to take a little bit more time. Um, With this fight coming up, we thought it was going to be Tiago Alves. Would have been a great opportunity for him to go out there and make a big statement against a well-known guy in the division. Uh, But unfortunately, as we talked about before the interview, 
that fight has been canceled. Now, Alex Race, still a quality opponent, not a household name, however. But on short notice, you would assume this would lend itself to uh, Mike being able to go out there and have a really good finish, get the crowd all riled up, and uh, get even more fans in his back pocket, pushing him towards the eventual title shot. You heard him touch on Colby Covington there. Colby will uh, talk a, quite a bit more about Mike than uh, Mike had the opportunity to talk about. Colby, listen, I'm not here to start fights. I'm not here to get drama going. I asked some questions. It's how it, it's how it unfolded. And again, uh, Mike is more than welcome to come back on and respond in full uh, to Kobe. But nonetheless, looking forward to Mike's fight this weekend, UFC Pittsburgh 116, or UFC Fight Night Pit, Pittsburgh 116. UFC Fight Night 116 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Good golly. Um, David Branch, Luke Rockhold heading up the card. Mike Perry will be the co-main event and um, putting on a great performance for all the fans, as he always does. Great conversation with him. Always a pleasure to speak with that guy. And, uh, again, good friend of the show. But coming up, another good friend of the show, Colby Chaos Covington. He's taking on Damian Maya, October. Whoa, excuse me, bumping my mic there. Um, coming up October 28th in Sao Paulo, Brazil, at UFC Fight Night 119, I believe. 119. In Sao Paulo, enemy territory for Colby. All the trash he talks, you can only imagine the Brazilians really want to rip his head off. So uh, we'll be discussing that, the matchup with Maya, what's going on with Tyron Woodley, the, the RDA uh, submission over Neil Magny, Jorge Masvidal, Florida. We talk about it all with Colby Covington. He's coming up next. This is the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans, BJPenn.com radio. I'm your host, Kinch. Coming up next, guys. Colby Covington. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the good friends of BJPenn.com and BJPenn.com radio. We call him Triple C. His nickname is Chaos. Of course, of course, I'm talking about Colby Covington. Colby, what's going on, man? What's up, Jason? Everybody at BJPenn Radio, thanks for having me back on. Much love to you guys. I appreciate the support. Hey, as always, my friend. Listen, before we jump into things, man, uh, with Hurricane Irma, you know, I know you guys trained down in southern Florida. Did you get out of there? What's the, what's the, uh, I guess, what's going on with all the teammates, everybody that lives down there? Yeah, man, that that, that was crazy. I, I actually had already had a planned trip to uh, Joint Langley Eustis Air Force and Army Base, so I went to go visit the troops and give them some moral support and just kind of hang out with those guys for the weekend. So we already had that planned for about a month. So I got pretty lucky that I had that planned, and then and then all of a sudden Hurricane Irma came in. But, you know, I felt really bad for all my teammates. You know, they were all rushing out. And then even when I got home yesterday, you know, the Fort Lauderdale airport, there were like no flights were going out. There was people – there was like literally like 1,000 to 2,000 people sleeping in the airport. So it's been hectic down here. The gas stations, they're still not open. The power is still out in a lot of places. So – you know, it's crazy around here right now in South Florida and all of Florida in general. Wow, man. So uh, how about our boy Gamebred? I know he's got a house down there. Did he uh, suffer any damage or ATT for that matter? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know about uh, George's house. He was able to get out. You know, he went over to Cole Miller School. We got an affiliate ACT school in Atlanta, Georgia. So he was able to get out with the family, and he's safe in Atlanta. I'm not sure about how his house is doing, but, you know, American Top Team's fine. It's built for hurricane proof. Dan Lambert isn't a, isn't a stupid dude. He didn't get all his money being stupid. So that guy's, <laughs> <a> really, <laughs> that guy's a smart guy. So, you know, there's some there's some uh, trees hanging in the, in the middle of the – of the parking lot, but nothing too bad. You know, the, the, the damage is minor. Well, I'm glad to hear it, man. I know uh, everybody that I thought of that's down there, I know we have a lot of relationships with a lot of UATT guys, and uh, that's the first thing that came to mind for me, aside from family, was all the guys out there that uh, might suffer some damage to their home. But I'm glad to hear everybody got out safe. Uh, listen, man, we're just about a little over two months removed from the fight with Damian Maya. I know it's a fight you were campaigning for. We spoke about it last time we had you on. How was training camp been so far? Oh man, training camp's been awesome. You know, I'm I'm in the best shape of my life right now. You know, I I felt so I'm I'm so confident about the fight. You know, I was willing to take a week off of training and just go visit the troops and kind of get back to those guys. You know, those are the those are the real heroes of America. Those are the guys that make sacrifices to protect our freedoms. So you know, I, training camp's good. You know, I'll pick back up on training camp now and. We'll train hard, so we're peaking by October 28th. But I feel great, man. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm the strongest I've ever been. And mentally, I'm, I'm just in a different place right now. I truly do feel like I'm the best welterweight in the world. And I'm going to show that on October 28th in Sao Paulo, Brazil, versus Damian Maia. Well, listen, yeah, before we go forward, I guess uh, let's talk a little bit about that. I, I gave you a ton of props for, uh, you know, going to visit the troops. I know the UFC usually has a really good relationship uh, with the armed forces. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience and, uh, you know, seeing those guys and gals and what that meant for you personally. Oh, dude, personally, man, it was such a humbling experience. You know, it's just, it's so, it's so much motivation. I, I got so much motivation that I was able to draw from those guys just, just to see the smiles in their faces from, you know, me and Misha Tate and Paul Felder showing up, you know, they they were so excited to see us, you know, they were just real thankful. They were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is real life. I thought this was a dream. I actually get to meet UFC fighters. This is a dream come true. But really, it's a dream come true for me, you know, because these guys are the real heroes of America. They sacrifice their lives for our freedom. So, you know, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. I got to see some really cool things, you know, within the Army, the guns they shoot, the way they do business, you know, everything within the Air Force as well, you know, the planes that protect us, the Raptors, the, you know, all the cool, you know, high-tech stuff that protects our great country, America. So, you know, it was an unbelievable trip, and I, I'm, I'm really honestly honored that they had me come out. So I'm very thankful for that. And, and again, man, hats off to you. Um, I, I think there needs to be more of that. Uh, within the UFC, within all sports for that matter. I mean, all athletes should should take some time and, and go visit the armed forces because, like you said, the uh, the people in service greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm wondering, did you get a chance to do any uh, work with maybe the combatives program while you were there, show these guys a couple of tricks in the toolbox at all? Yeah, absolutely. We did actually go do a combatives class and kind of, you know, we watched their class and I was able to walk around and kind of show some guys some little techniques MMA, you know, they have a little bit different style of combatants because, you know, when they're in hand-to-hand combat, able to, you know, maybe uh, get one guy off them and 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 that guy, and then and then have the next guy come, and you just don't situation you're going to be in. It might not be a one-on-one fight. The ground, you know, you don't want to risk going to the ground and then another guy come up, come to you. So, you know, I was able to show some and some stuff that works for my jujitsu into their 
so thankful. So it was just cool to see them and, and how hard they work and their vigorous game. Um, did they did they put you in any gear and have you do some knife fighting or anything like that? No, they didn't have us do any knife fighting, but you know we were able to we were able to do uh, get in the gear and and me and Misha were able to go and Paul were able to go through like uh, some of those clearing houses with the guns with the gear on, you know, like you get in the house and you clear it out, you shoot the the crazy like I don't even know what they were AK-47s or whatever gun they have, but there were some cool uh, automatic guns that we were able to shoot and clear houses and do like obstacle course and. It, it was awesome, man. Just just to see the way the the army and the air force works is it's just you know I never thought of all the stuff they do, but it, it's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I'm hoping that the UFC were they following you guys around with cameras? I know they do a lot of specials on YouTube for stuff like this. Do you think there's going to be anything aired or put together for that? No, the, this wasn't a, a trip with the UFC. This was a trip through MMA Junkie. You know, uh, Goos and uh, Gorgeous George. He, through MMA Junkie Radio, they set it up, so this didn't really have anything to do with the UFC. This was kind of uh, separate from that. Ah, well, cool. Even more commendable, then, in that case. Um, so, I guess let's get back to Maya, man. Um, I know you've, you've talked a lot about how your skills match up terribly with his. Uh, see, he seems to have, like, brushed off all of the insults and and stuff like that. What, what, are you take, what, what are you taking out of this so far in regards to his demeanor leading up to the fight? Uh, I got to give him a ton of respect, you know. I mean, you got guys like Tyrone Woodley and Rafael Dos Anjos that are straight scared bitches that they're just blocking me on Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, I got to I gotta commend uh, Damian Maia and say thanks, you know, for, for being able to take it, you know. I mean, this is the fight game, and, and sometimes, you know, there's going to be people barking up your tree, and you got to respond back, you know. You don't see me blocking any of the welterweights. You can say whatever you want, but, but it is what it is. When we get in that cage on fight night, it's a different story, so. You know, I got a lot of respect for Damian Maia. No matter what I say, you know, I'm I'm obviously going to sell the fight and promote the fight, but, you know, he's a good dude, man. Nothing but respect. But when it comes October 28th, man, I'm going to have to put these hands on him and get my title shot. Now, uh, you, you mentioned guys blocking you. Did Tyron block you on Twitter? Hey, you know what's funny about Tyron is that he blocked me on Twitter and Instagram, but he still comments about me. Like, he's commenting on the ATT page. Oh, don't give Colby this. Oh, on Twitter. Oh, Colby this. He's talking shit behind my back, but I can't even see it. I have to have my other friends tell me what he's saying because he's such a bitch, and he's not even a man enough to allow me to see into his profile because he's a little bitch. So he's a, he's a fake, man. That's just what I've been saying the whole time. The guy's a fake, phony champ. He, he, he The way he goes about his business is just, it's not cool, you know. It's not the right way to go about your business. So I got no respect for that guy. That guy's a fucking flamer. Well, now that he's responding, I mean, even if you can't see it and he decided to block you, now that he's responding, does it seem more and more like he's finally acknowledging that you are going to be that contender coming up and he is going to have to fight you soon? Yeah, absolutely. I, he knows he has no choice. He's going to have to fight me. He he felt what I did to him in training. So he deep down inside, he can say what he wants to say to the media, but deep down inside, he knows what I did to him in training. So he knows it's inevitable. It's a foregone conclusion what I'm going to do to him. He knows I'm going to end his career, and it's only a matter of time until I get my hands on that belt. So uh, you talk about the title shot with the win over Maya. Do you think that's a, that's a real likelihood? Has the UFC talked to you about this at all? I mean, do you feel that a dominant performance over Damian should put you next in line, and has the UFC guaranteed that at all? Um, the, no, the UFC hasn't guaranteed anything. You know, you know how the UFC is. You know, nothing's guaranteed in this sport. You know, look at Damian Maya. You know, he was supposed to be guaranteed a title shot 
seven fights ago or something like that. And then he won a, on a crazy winning streak where he cleared out the whole division. So, you know, nothing's guaranteed in this business, and I understand that. But on the same token, you know, I'm, I'm here right now. I'm, I'm willing to fight any of these guys in the top five. Rafael scared Dos Anjos, Tyrone, the chosen pussy Woodley, <laughs> Steven, Steven Wonder Girl Thompson, any of these little bitches in the top five, we could fight. So I don't care. If the UFC doesn't want to grant me my title shot after what I do to Damian Maia in his home city, then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go earn it the next fight. But but finding me a fight is a whole different story because all these guys are ducking me. So we'll have to see what happens with that, Jason. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to touch on uh, Dos Anjos here in a moment, but you mentioned fighting Damian in his hometown or in his home country, rather. Uh, there's been a lot of history with the uh, Brazilian fans being very hostile towards guys that come in and have talked trash about their uh, about their champions or about their fighters. Has there been any talk or concern about maybe uh, security for you when you finally get down there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I fought in Brazil before, and I, I, I'm not new to this. I, I know what to expect when I go down there. Those guys are going to be hostile. So, you know, that's why I tell my family to stay home. I told my sister. I told, you know, my, my friends, you know, you guys got to stay home. Because if they see you in the crowd, you're rooting for me. There could be riots after I knock out Damian Mahi. You know, you don't know what they're going to do to you. They're going to be throwing beer on you. They got nothing to lose over there. Those guys live in such a poor country, and, you know, it, it's tough times over there. So, these guys have nothing to lose out there. So, you know, it's just going to be me going to battle. I'm going to spit my promo after I knock out Damian Maia, and then I'm running backstage, and, and I'm getting out of there as soon as I can on a plane. Back to <laughs> I do not blame you, man. I do not blame you. Um, so, obviously, very clear that, that once you get the dominant win over Damian, the, the promo probably will be directed towards Tyron Woodley. Absolutely. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct it at Tyron, the always victim Woodley. His end is near soon, and and he's going to know I'm the clear-cut number one welterweight in the world after what I do to Maya. You saw you saw his fight versus Maya, and you can be the judge after what I do to Maya who you think is the, be- the best welterweight in the world. Well, it certainly is a great opportunity, as you mentioned. If you go out there and do something that he wasn't able to, it's all the more an argument for you to get that next title shot. But to touch on uh, Dos Anjos here, he just had the uh, first-round submission over Neil Magny. I know those are two guys that you would wanted to fight, both you and Gamebred. Uh, what did you think of Rafael's performance and uh, where he stands in the rankings now? I thought it was a joke. He didn't, he didn't look that good, man. He just beat an overranked Neil Magny, a guy that's at the end of his career. The guy, I mean, the guy was a joke, you know. I just don't get it. At the end of the day, I'm the best-looking welterweight in the division. These, I don't know how Rafael Dos Anjos gets more media play than me. I just don't understand it. I'm better looking than 100% of these bums. RDA couldn't score a date to prom to save his life. He probably had a fifth. He probably had a fixed marriage or whatever they do down there in that rainforest. <laughs> Somebody paid him a dowry. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, but, you know, you're right. When you talk about marketability, I mean, unfortunately, it does have to do with looks as well. So, you know, you definitely got that going for you, man. But uh, in regards to his performance against Magny, I mean, he seems to be calling out Woodley now. Where do you think he stands in the rankings? Should, should he even be talking title shots at this point? Absolutely not, man. He just certified bums. Two guys at the end of their careers in welterweight. What's his last four fights? He's 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. I'm 4-0 in my last four fights. The thing with fight bum and a media darling, he's spoiled. Octagon against with he won't have he won't forever. He will crumble and he will fall, and it will be hilarious. So, 
You know, I, I think his ranking is a joke. But at the end of the day, rankings have never meant anything to me. You know, I just fought number seven in the world, and I completely dominated him, 30-25. I mean, you don't see people getting 30-25. So, you know, rankings don't mean a whole lot to me. When we get in that octagon, the rankings go away, and I'm going to prove that I am the best fighter in the world. And Rafael Dos Anjos, he, he's just a little bitch, man. Well, listen, you talk about rankings. This is something I wanted to bring up. They kind of go hand-in-hand together. Uh, you and Mike Perry had swapped some heat on, on Twitter this week. Uh, I'm wondering, can you touch on that a little bit? You know, you guys went back and forth. Uh, is there a genuine beef with him, or is this just another guy on your radar in the division? Nah, there's no beef with that guy. I mean, come on. Mike Perry looks like he spends every weekend in prison. His face pads scream minimum wage. Let's be honest. After the UFC, I'm, after I own the UFC and take over the UFC welterweight division, I'm going to own several companies, and Mr. Perry can come be a janitor for me. I won't discriminate him based on his prison tattoo culture. Jesus. All right. Well, I got to tell you, he he is a guest on this week's show. Um, so I really don't want to I don't really don't want to start some beef between you guys, but it's clearly already there. However, when it comes to rankings, he did say something interesting about, uh, you know, you fighting Maya. And I, I think he said you were maybe 16th or something in the rankings. Uh, but that kind of goes that kind of goes along with the fact that rankings mean nothing. Uh, I'm wondering, can, can you possibly respond to that? I mean, where you guys stand in the division and who's more worthy? Come on, dude. Let's be honest, Jason. That's fake news. I'm 16 in the rankings. I'm number eight in the rankings. The guy, the guy just probably learned how to, how to freaking talk from a juvenile detention center. The guy's a joke, man. He got beat up by a Victoria's Secret underwater underwear model. I mean, come on, Mike Perry. Like, let's be honest. Like, the guy talks all this shit. He was talking shit before we both had fights in Sacramento, and he got beat by that underwear model. But then when I saw him face to face backstage, I said, "What's up, man?" He was like, oh, Kobe, I got so much respect for you. You're my boy, this and that. He was acting all fucking cool and shit. But then he wants to act like he's this Twitter tough guy. So, you know, he's just funny, man. The guy's a joke. I have no concerns with that guy. If the UFC makes me fight that guy someday, that's the easiest of monies in the world. So, you know, but the thing, I'm not trying to, why are we even talking about this bum? I mean, he's not even in the rankings. The, the guy's a joke, you know. I mean, I, don't, I mean, it's a waste of my time. If the UFC wants me to, to end his hype train, then, then let's do it. But, you know, I got bigger things on my plate. I got Damian Maia, a true, a true welterweight, a true top two welterweight in the world right now. The, the guy's cleared out the division. What, after what I do to Maya, I'm next in line for Tyrone Woodley, and Tyrone Woodley can't hide from me. Yeah, now, in regards to you and your buddy Jorge, I know we've talked about this before, you know, how this thing's going to work out with both of you being number one contenders, potentially at the same position here. But uh, in regards to him getting ready for Steven Thompson, how is he looking in the gym? I, I know you're probably working with him on the day-to-day. Uh, how do you see that fight going? How is he looking in the gym so far? Oh, man, he looks great in the gym, man. He's fucking – he looks phenomenal, man. The guy's, the guy's a special gifted athlete. His, his speed, his reflexes, his all-around martial arts game is, is second to none, really. He's – He's a true fighter, man. The guy is just, he loves to fight. Like his nickname, Game Bread, he, he really was bred to do this. So he looks unbelievable. I, you know, he's going to beat up Stephen Thompson bad. Stephen Thompson, he's a great karate fighter at distance. But when you get inside that distance and fight him like a phone booth, like Matt Brown did to him, we saw what happened. He got knocked out cold. You know, he got knocked out inside the clinch. He's one-dimensional, you know. You can't be one-dimensional in this game, kind of like Damian Maia. I'm going to show you when a guy is one-dimensional, you can't get away with that. You have to be a well-rounded fighter in this game. And if you, you're not, you're going to get exposed. And that's what's going to happen to Stephen Thompson on November 5th in Madison Square Garden against my brother, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Yeah, so you guys are fighting pretty much, uh, that's about a week apart. So it's got to be cool to both get ready for fights so close to each other. I hope that hopefully one day we get to see you guys both on the same card 
uh, in the in maybe the main and co-main event, uh, working together, getting up to that championship. Uh, that'd be pretty cool, in my opinion. Absolutely, man. That that would be a dream come true for us. You know, we set out to for these goals a long time ago, and and right now we do feel like we are the two best welterweights in the world right now, and and there's not another man that's going to stop us right now. So, you know, hopefully next on the Easy Money Tour for us, we get that co-main event and main event slots. That would be a dream come true for us. I'd certainly love to see it. Listen, been more than generous with your time. I just got a couple more questions here for you. I just wanted to change gears for a moment. Uh, we've seen all this stuff coming out with John Jones recently and, you know, the failed drug test, the B sample now, uh, to Turbinol, I believe it's called. I know you're a guy that's been uh, very vocal and against anybody that's a cheater or using PEDs. I'm wondering, can you touch on this a little bit and, you know, what it means for his legacy? Yeah, it definitely tarnishes his legacy. He went from being the greatest of all time to being the greatest fuck-up of all time. You know, you know, it's funny. Someone asked me about this two or three years ago about what I thought about John Jones. I said, man, he's, he's a fuck-up, and he'll continue to be a fuck-up. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. He continues to make the same mistakes. So, you know, the way I have to think about it is how he's thinking is, you know, the second you decide to do roids, you admit to yourself you're not good enough anymore to do it on your own. So, you know, I have too much pride not to do something like that. And, you know, I think he just could he, – he dug himself such a big hole doing drugs, partying, doing this and that that – he wasn't able to get out of that hole, you know. You saw the pictures of when he was, you know, partying, doing coke, doing crashing Bentleys with, with girls in the back of the car while his wife was at home with his kids. You know, you saw all this stuff, and then, you know, he, he wanted to get back for this big fight with Daniel Cormier, and he knew he had no chance unless he did steroids. So, you know, you know the guy, I have no respect for the guy, honestly. And I used to live with the guy, which is sad. You know, I was, you know, we went our own ways in life, and he's on his journey, I'm on my journey, but... You know, if you look at our two careers, you know, at the end of this journey, you know, you're going to you're going to know that I, I was truthful the way I went about my business and I did things the right and respectful way. And you can't say the same for that guy. Now, when you look at the situation with D.C. at this point, I mean, uh, a guy cheats. He has all of these troubles stripped of the title. You become the champ and then he comes back. He defeats you in a pretty dominant fashion. And then all this news comes out about the drug test. I mean, if you were in D.C.'s shoes, how would you be approaching this, and what do you think this means for him going forward? Man, I, I feel so bad for him because, you know, it wasn't just like he got beat the first time. You know, he got beat by decision the first time. The second one, you know, that was a brutal knockout. You know, he went to sleep cold. He got head kicked and then, you know, punched and followed up cold. So that definitely takes a little time off your career, you know. So D.C.'s not just going to be able to come back and defend that title right away. He's got to take that time off and appropriately address his health issues and his brain issues. So, you know, I feel bad for DC. I feel like he was robbed and cheated of his legacy. You know, he could have had a different legacy, but no matter what, at the end of his career, people are always going to hold that over him that he lost to John Jones twice. No matter what, if they say it's a no contest, the second fight, they're still going to have that held over him. You know, we physically saw John Jones beat DC. So, you know, I feel like I feel like DC got robbed. And if I was in that same position, I would be livid, man. I, I would not be happy. I'd be demanding. John Jones' money, that pay-per-view money that he got. You know, you know they that the UFC probably paid him that pay-per-view money from that DC fight. So, you know, I'd be demanding more money, and I, I'd be pissed, man. I that's not cool. You know, I feel like I'd be robbed. Yeah, I agree with you, and it, and it sucks for what it does to his legacy because he's been nothing but a but a stand-up individual in in this sport and a great champ so far. And it's very unfortunate that, like you said, we've both seen we have seen both of those fights. That's always going to be you know, a check mark or an asterisk, you know, on, on his record. But at the same time, even with Jones failing these drug tests, uh, it still doesn't take, doesn't take away from the damage it's done to DC's career. So I agree with you there a hundred percent, but, uh, listen, getting back to Damian Maya, 
Uh, we saw Woodley defend all of those takedowns. I'm, I'm confident that uh, you'll be doing the same and, and, and much more. Uh, but when it comes to him physically getting the fight to the ground, it's, he seems to be a guy that goes for the inside trip, the outside trip. Uh, what's going to be the game plan to just avoid all of those? I mean, is it just going to be stuffing the shot or staying away from the cage, circling out? How are you looking at him uh, in regards to takedown offense? Yeah, I definitely – I can't get my back up against the cage. You know, that's a big thing is, is not letting him, you know, be able to back me into a corner and get the takedowns. He's not going to finish a shot in the middle of the octagon against me. He's just – he doesn't have those type of skills. I'm too high level of a wrestler. He's never fought anybody like me. You saw how many Woodley – you saw – how many takedowns Woodley defended. And, and in wrestling, Woodley cannot hold my jock strap. So, you know, as far as wrestling goes, you know, I just don't see Damian Maia being able to take me down unless he gets me up against the cage and gets an outside trip, inside trip, or some weird trip, you know, where it gets to the ground. So, you know, the biggest thing is for me is just stay patient. You know, don't don't try and overextend myself. Don't, don't look for five, six-punch combinations. Just pick them apart slowly. That first round, he's going to come out trying to take me down. He's going to go all out for these takedowns. And, you know, he's going to get tired. And, and I don't get tired in that octagon. So, you know, I'm going to be able – I'm going to be looking for that knockout second round after he's a little tired. But, you know, that first round I'm going to be on my – you know, I'm, I'm going to be on my P's and Q's looking to pick my shots. And, you know, you just might see me take him down. I'm not afraid of his jiu-jitsu, man. It's, it's a different day and age these days. I train with the highest-level grapplers in the world, Rodolfo Vero and Carl DeSapito Jr. here at American Top Team. So I'm well prepared anywhere the fight goes. Yeah, I have no doubt. And even even uh, your good friend Jorge, I mean, he was able to hold his own there. And regardless of what regardless of what people think about the point system and all of that, I mean, Damian never finished never finished game bread. So enough said there. You know, he had his back, plenty of opportunities to do so, but the defense was there for Jorge. Um, but in regards to uh, you know him him pressing it against the cage, sometimes that turns into a boring fight. And for some reason, the judges like to give. Uh, give the score to the guy that is holding on the cage. Is there any concern about that, him pop, him possibly drawing this out, dragging this out to be a very boring fight, and uh, the judges may be seeing it the wrong way? No, there's no concern. I know that the Brazilian judges are crooked, and, and you know, if it's a close fight, I, I'm going to expect that I'm going to lose the fight. But, you know, it's not going to be a close fight, Jason. I'm going to run. To, I'm going to sprint across that octagon as soon as the bell's rung, and I'm going to be right in his face. It's not going to be like Tyrone backpedaling Woodley. I'm not going to backpedal up and then look to explode. I'm going to be in Damien's fight. Every time he misses a takedown, I'm going to be in there with two, three punches right in his face, right back in, in the pocket. He's not going to get a time to breathe. So, you know, he's not going to have time to put me up against the cage because I'm going to be in his fight, in his face for 15 minutes if it goes that, which I guarantee it's not going 15 minutes. But, you know, I'm going to be in his face from start to to finish, you know, he's not going to have time to get me up against the cage because I go forward. I don't, I don't go backwards, you know. And I'm not going to be like Tyron. I'm not going to be cheating, grabbing fences and stuff. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the real, the real way, like a real man. I'm going to put it in his face, and he's, it's not going to be a boring fight. I promise you, Jason. This is going to be Damian Maya's most exciting fight, and I'm going to beat the living shit out of him. Now, this sounds like uh, an opportunity for you to really showcase your stand-up ability. Um, you know, as you said. Uh, being able to, to stuff the takedowns and turn this into a stand-up fight, which he might not want, clearly probably won't want. Uh, but do you look at this as an opportunity for you to really showcase all the work and improvements you've been able to make uh, in your stand-up game? Absolutely. You know, this is a, a showcase fight for me. And, you know, I've, I've had these stand-up skills for a while. You know, I've been working with George and, and Jorge's uh, main tra sparring training coach, who is Paulino Hernandez. 
you know, we've been striking and doing more ties for the last seven years together. So this is a fight to show my whole well-rounded game. Yeah, I've, I've given you pieces here and there of what I can do in my stand-up, but I've always stuck to my wrestling. That's what I grew up doing. You know, I'm not going to go away from my wrestling. I don't care what people want to say. They don't, I don't care if they don't like how I fight. That's not my problem. Let's see you get on there in 30-25, a professional fighter. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. You can't do that. So, so you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my well-rounded game, Jason. You're going to see a completely different Colby Chaos Covington, and th- there's a reason my name is Triple C, and you're about to find it out on October 28th. Well, my man, we're certainly looking forward to the fight. Your confidence is at an all-time high, and I have no doubt that you'll be able to go out there and perform like you always do. As you mentioned, 30-25, that's unheard of in this business. So all the more props to you, my man. Uh, listen, I guess in conclusion, uh, any any words for uh, Damien as, as we draw near a couple months out? And, uh, of course, any shout-outs you'd like to get in? Yeah, I just want to say, Tyrone Woodley, get ready, man. You next, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck what you say. You could, you could play that victim role. Oh, you got to earn it the hard way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what about when you were coming up, motherfucker? You you were calling out Robbie Lawler when he was in the gym. So we ain't friends no more. I'm coming for you, Tyron Willie. You next. I'm going to take that belt and send you into that Fox Sports desk for good. <laughs> All right. And any words for uh, Damian Maya? Damian Maya, just make sure you show up on October 28th. I don't want me getting. Ro- I don't want the UFC to rob me of my title shot. They know what's coming. They know the future of this sport. I am the future of this sport. Your time has came and gone. Be prepared to get retired on October 28th in your home city of Sao Paulo, Brazil. All right, my man. Definitely looking forward to the fight. You got me uh, You got me pretty amped up over here. Listen, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go, Kobe? Yeah, big shout-out to Dan Lambert, American Top Team, everybody that helps me out there. Big shout-out to my family, Miley Restaurant out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and just big, huge, huge shout-out to BJ Penn Nation, man. I appreciate you guys always having me on and giving me my time to, to send my message, man. That's what it's all about. So much love to BJ Penn Nation, and, and let's get it going. You got it, brother. Always a pleasure. Uh, definitely looking forward to the next time. We'll have to get you on as, as the fight draws near. And as always, man, greatly appreciate you coming on so frequently. Uh, you're always a great guest and can't get enough of it, my man. So uh, have a great training session. You tell Jorge we said what's up. And uh, we'll talk again soon, bro. All right, man. Take care, Jason. Have a good one. You too, buddy. There you have it, Penn Nation. Another great conversation with the one and only Colby Covington. Very outspoken, to say the least, just like our first guest, Mike Perry. Um, (laughs) These two guys are some of my favorite to interview because it's uh, not only entertaining, but it's very easy for me. Very easy on my part to interview both these guys. Um, they're both soundbite machines, honestly. Very smart in promoting. Uh, Kobe in particular has really gone above and beyond to promote himself and talk the trash necessary to get those big fights. As we know, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show. It is that era. It is the era of trash talk. So the squeaky wheel gets the grease, my man. You got to do it. You got to go out there and you got to talk that trash to get those big fights that you want, to get recognized, to get a push from the company. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's got to be done. You can't blame these guys. I see a lot of people hate on, you know, let's say Kobe, for instance. Oh, he's just running his mouth, so on. But, you know, look at the fights he's gotten. He's got a fight with Damian Maya coming up. In my opinion, he's doing it the right way. He's getting the fights that he wants. By doing what the company wants, which is creating some controversy, creating some hype, 
and getting the public involved. Just like Floyd Mayweather, love him or hate him, you tuned him to watch him. So all the more props to Kobe for that. Uh, very interesting take on how things are going with John Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit here. I, the, the real bummer for me is what this all does for DC. Um, but yeah, interesting take on John Jones. You've heard it time and time again on this show. He is gunning for Woodley really after that belt. And I have no question that if he can put on a more dominant performance than Woodley was able to against Damian Maya, and for that matter, even just having an exciting one that, that Dana White enjoyed, that's going to do big things for his stock and uh, his um, potential shot at the title. I have no doubt that he'll be contesting for that in 2018. Uh, and you know what? Mike Perry, for that matter, give him a couple more big performances. He'll be right in that mix as well. And maybe we'll see both of these guys fight each other sometime down the line. Again, was not trying to start some shit today on tonight's show, but they kind of went at each other on Twitter. I mentioned it, and you heard the bomb. When the bomb goes off, everybody gets dirty. So that's the quote. <laughs> but yeah, great convo with Kobe. Definitely looking forward to the fight with Damian Maya coming up October 28th, UFC Fight Night 119 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And uh, sounds like he's got the right game plan to get out of there. Cut a promo, run in the back, get on an airplane, fly away. Smart move on his part. Um, but yeah, guys, another episode of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. We'll be back next week with another great show, more great guests. Today was hectic. We were down to crunch time, and I was trying to trying to get the promo stuff ready and had some login issues, and our boy Scott, good old Scott, came to save the day. Big thank you to him. Big thank you to the whole team. Big shout-out to the whole team. Scott, Tom, Chris, Russell, Justin, the whole squad at BJPenn.com, all the hard work they put in on a day-to-day basis. Takes a lot of work to keep this machine running, folks. And to all of you, all of our listeners, Penn Nation, we greatly appreciate each and every one of you coming to the site, getting your news from the site, checking out all of our content. We are the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans, and we wouldn't be here without you. So we love the continued support, Penn Nation. Big mahalo for that. And big mahalo to all our guests uh, for the evening, our two guests for the evening, Platinum Mike Perry and Colby Covington. Make sure you guys bookmark bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Set up alerts. Make sure that when breaking news breaks, you're the first to see it. Everything you crave from the sport you love, bjpen.com. We've got you covered, guys. On behalf of the whole team and the site and our guests this evening, we're going we're gonna to tune out. We'll catch you guys next week, next Wednesday. Same BJ Penn channel. I said that wrong. Same BJ Penn time, same BJ Penn channel. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday. We'll be back next week with more great guests. And again, prayers and our hearts go out to everybody that suffered in Hurricane Irma. You see, it was all over the news all week, and it's going to continue to be all over the news, all the devastation that went down. So... I hope everybody rebuilds quickly 
and I hope all of your loved ones are accounted for. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. We'll catch you guys next week. Big mahalo to everybody. Peace out.
Ohone ana kore o e uriye Ikahi manu no aikai Ki ai makala e uke kaha Oiakai pala namali Uriye ahana Yeah, I forget two verses. 